Hey guys, welcome back to The Transfer. I'm very excited to be behind the podcast microphone again, because this week we are talking about one of my favourite Bible characters. I'm Jared and this is... Pastor Beck. And this week we are talking about Joshua. What do you know about Joshua? Uh, oof. Joshua is uh, the leader after Moses, mm-hmm. which would not be easy shoes to fill. Uh, he was, Moses was critical in um, the Israelite nation, really. Uh, so he had some big shoes to follow, but he was one of the standout young leaders, I suppose, in that kind of era in Israel history. He was. So if you go back into the book of Exodus, he was the... You know, when Moses sent out the spies, he was, Joshua and Caleb, of course, together, were the two that brought the good report. Yeah. They looked and and saw, you know, the potential when the rest saw their own frailty or, or the, the people's frailty compared to, you know, what they were walking into. And, yeah, it earmarked them mm. as leaders. In fact, because of their positive outlook, yeah. They survived a generation. Everyone else was killed off. Mm. They survived. The, they survived the generation. And I think I was thinking about this this week. Actually, we pride ourselves on, you know, the introverts, the extroverts, the people who are positive and the people who are negative. But that's not they, that. May be how we're naturally wired um, and our predisposition to automatically. Oh, I'm more of a negative person. I'm more of a positive person. But this is not whether you're personally negative or positive. This is, can you look with God eyes at difficulties and see the God opportunity and put your own thinking aside? Mm. And Joshua had the capacity as a young man uh, to do that and made it unique. I, I love studying, and it would be a great study for some of you guys who are listening, to look at the relationship between Joshua and Moses and really the mentoring relationship. The scripture often talks about when Moses went into the tent of meeting and he would meet with God, that jo- uh, that um, Joshua would hang around. Mm-hmm. He would hang around and he would, you know, watch Moses. And, and there's something in that, that before Joshua ever starts leading in his own right or doing anything, he was never put in charge. When Moses was gone, Aaron was in charge. Mm-hmm. He was literally there to learn and glean from Moses and when Moses moves on, Joshua is chosen as the leader. Mm. Would really not be an easy task. Um, yeah, like this, the the story of the spies is always it's just a very interesting story. Like because they're in the wilderness, and then they just these bunch of spies get sent out, and it's I find it odd to think about that the Israelite people have just come out of Egypt. They've seen the ten plagues. They've seen themselves come from basically nothing and suddenly have defeated like the greatest empire in the world of that time. They're in the wilderness and they don't have any food and suddenly cake starts appearing on the ground for them to eat like every day. I think important to remember too the even the plain that they were used to in Egypt, it was lush. Mm. It was green. Yeah. It was plentiful. I mean... Their work was not, you know, easy and they were, you know, in a, in a slave slash employed. It's a little bit different to us mm. today in, in how they were being used and utilized in that nation. But the fact that now they were going into desert mm. and they would wander that desert yeah. 
what was meant to be, you know, probably a maximum two-week journey because of their character, because of how they were, you know, seeing things took 40 years. Mm. And, like, yeah, they've, so they've gone and checked out the Promised Land, and after they've seen all these amazing things happen, like, it's crazy. I don't know what must have been in the Promised Land, but they must have been scared of it. Like, I know the Bible says that there were giants in there and stuff like that, but to see everything that you've seen and only have Joshua and Caleb come back going, yeah, we can do this, while everyone's like, eh, it doesn't seem like a great idea. It's just, like, it's very interesting, I think. Well, even you think about this. There's 10 and 2. Can Mm. you imagine, like, those 10 people coming back going, man, that looks tough to beat. Like, there's no way. I mean, that looks good. It's flowing with milk and honey. It looks fantastic. Compared to this desert, that looks awesome. But, man, they look big. Like, we Mm. look like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And... That was their report. And you could almost, you know, hear the, you know, the conversation and the, you know, as peers kind of egging each other on in their disbelief of, or their unbelief and doubt. But then there's two who chose not to fall into that peer pressure Mm. and they chose to stand on what they believed was a God report. Yeah. And, um, And I think those, those, Examples set Joshua up. And so when they cross into the promised land, end of Exodus and the beginning of Joshua, I mean, the first chapter of Joshua literally begins after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, Moses' assistant. So he is, that's why I'm saying he wasn't second in charge to Moses. He was Moses' assistant. And uh, it says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you and all the people prepare to cross over literally charged with you know the next generation of leadership for the day literally almost like the batons being placed in his hand okay now everything you've seen everything you've experienced now it's time to kick in Mm. to action knowing that the other 10 spies who went and looked at the land were no longer living yeah because joshua and caleb were the only ones who survived yeah that to me is huge yeah. I mean, imagine if all your colleagues, because of the report they lived, they ended up dying off and they never got to go in. Yeah. Um, quite powerful. So then God will, God knows this is a mammoth task. I mean, this is a stiff-necked people. This is um, a tricky group to lead. Yeah. And it was overwhelming at times for Moses. And, and God knew it was for Joshua and so the first chapter of Joshua is just really, or the first half of it anyway, is just encouragement. The first, the first chapter of Joshua has to be like one of my favorite favorites, favorite scriptures, uh, favorite chapters in the Bible. Just the way, like God, I love that God doesn't say because just for for context, Joshua one, it, it God basically tells them that He's got it all, all. Joshua and the Israelite need to do is be obedient, but also just be strong and courageous. Like they don't have to. Like, if we think about it in our terms, Josh, like the Israelites going into to take out all these nations that are in the promised land, if it was us, we'd think, okay, I need to take strategic lessons in battle. I need to start training the army and giving them the best, latest fighting techniques. But God just tells Joshua one to, in Joshua, God just tells Joshua just to be strong and courageous many, many times. Yeah, and he gets pretty strong with his language. Like God says, I haven't I commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. And, and then he gives the why. Mm. 
For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the first place that they kind of need to take out, which is, a, which is a crazy story, is the fall of Jericho. That's kind of the first battle that they have. And just the way that God tells them to fight that battle is, like, utterly ridiculous. Like, it's just utterly ridiculous about the way that they go and they take down Jericho. I think it's interesting that before they go into battle for the new, they would have to remember the old. They, they, The people of Israel crossed over the Jordan River and then the entire nation, after they had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord would speak to Joshua and would say, choose 12 men from the people, one man for each tribe, and command them take 12 stones from this place in the middle of the Jordan, where the priests are standing, carry them with you and set them down at the place where you spend the night. And they created a memorial with these stones and literally remembering the faithfulness of God mm. over these past years in the wilderness. Yeah, that, For me, that's always kind of stood out because it really is easy to forget. Like yeah. it's easy to forget the good things that you have and it's really easy to forget the things that God has done for you. And I think when you think about it, I mean, our modern version of that is, you know, as we leave school, we have a big celebration. We have Mm -hmm. a, you know, a memorial of, you know, all the things that have gone on before we start the new chapter. And I think, you know, this is their way Mm -hmm. of commemorating, but it's more than just a, this has been a good time. This is, let's look back and see the hand of the Lord here. And I think even as Christians and, you know, many of you guys will be finishing school or finishing the, you know, this year or next year or finishing, um, you know, your job or you'll go to a new job or whatever. And I think it's really important to take that time at that particular, at the ending point to really see where the Lord, you know, has worked and really to thank him, thank him for his goodness. And, and so I love that part of the story. And then, of course, then they go on to the fall of Jericho and the you know, marching around the town. It's interesting to me, you know, as someone who is a musician and someone who's a singer, it doesn't come naturally to thinking that this is an element of war. Yeah. It's a, you know, worship is totally the opposite. Mm -hmm. And yet Joshua would be called that the shout, a shout of praise and the trumpets and just that celebration unto the Lord would literally... Um, mark the victory. Yeah, they had usually when you think of battle, you think of swords and spears. But that 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 would be how they would do it. How you would normally do it. Like I just wonder how it would have gone when God tells uh, tells Joshua that instead of you know forging siege equipment and trying to pull the wall of Jericho down, hey guys, we're just gonna walk around it. Yeah, and can you just think, it's not like, you know, a little wall from our property. It's not yeah. like walking it's around our property. One. We're talking, it's going to take them a long time. And yeah. to get that many people yeah. to walk around the wall, uh, yeah, this is going to take a while. Mm-hmm. And the silence that they walked in uh, for those six days until they got to that seventh day. Mm-hmm. I mean, the screaming and the shouting and the celebration alone would have scared some people out of yeah. that city. Um. I always remember there's a VeggieTale episode on this um, on this uh, story, and it was funny because uh, they have like I know little peas that are the people that are in the, the the people from Jericho looking down on these Israelites, and it's just interesting. Like I bet they would have been as confused 
as the Israelites were. Why are these people just walking around our right. city? Um, but yeah, it's it is such a picture for me. You can do it your way, or you can seek God out, and you can do it his way. Yeah, and of course, you know, there's a woman in this story, Rahab, who is in Jericho that is used to, you know, I guess ensure the victory, really. Um, She puts down her scarlet red cord, which is also, it's called a tikva, which in Hebrew actually means hope. She literally put the cord of hope out. And as the Israelites saw that, it was um, indicative of what God was going to do. And her life was spared. In fact, she will go on to be in the genealogy of Christ mm. and will be named. Yeah. The great, 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 great uh, grandmother of... Yeah. You can say a lot of great right. there, I suppose. But she made it in. Yeah. She's a Gentile. She was not a Jew. And she made it into the pack. Which is a big deal for the Jewish people. Like, I would read those genealogies in the Bible when I was younger and be like, why is this list of names here? But for the Jewish people, it's a big deal. Like, And you know what? It's a big deal for the person whose name's in there. Yeah. I love, I mean, I love numbers. It's painstakingly to read. But as you read it, God didn't just give them numbers. I love it Mm. that, (laughs) that God gives numbers by stating names. Yeah. You know, you know, you often see prisoners, how prisoners wear numbers. God doesn't say, oh, well, they're human number, you know, mm-hmm. 1,330,000. He gives you a name yeah. and he calls you by name, not a number. Mm. That's powerful. Yeah. So after they take Jericho, which was a ridiculous battle, they do go on and they do have to take down other nations so they can claim what God has for them. That's That's the thing that always gets me with this story. It's... It's they're fighting for what God has already promised them. Yeah. It's really interesting that God has these things for us and these things for us to do. Yes, he fights the battle, but we just can't sit on our our bottoms and do nothing. Like, they had to fight for what God had given them. Right. So we almost think like, oh, once we get our dream job, once we get our dream, you know, for for us, our dream house, our dream location, our... You know, once we have our dream friends, you know, never have to do anything. It's going to be amazing. And that's not how the promises of God work. In yeah. fact, oftentimes when you step into your destiny, the work is only just beginning. Yeah. And and that was the case for Joshua and the people of Israel. I mean, Joshua 10, the sun will send still. And as they are going to battle, God will make a way for them yeah. in a totally unique totally unique way yeah and he does that for us too like god makes a way in a very totally unique way he he always does yeah i think it's significant the fact that joshua is in moses's shadow yeah i mean moses is like this next level maybe you know often in hebrew literature moses is literally like a type of christ Mm. And he will, ha- I mean, when Jesus uh, appears, uh, when Elijah and Moses will appear to Jesus on the mountain of transfiguration, it's Moses who appears there. Yeah. So he is held in that kind of esteem mm. in the eyes of God. Well, yeah, when you think about all the names in the Old Testament, it's Moses and Elijah. It's not, you know, Elisha and Joshua or... 
uh, Hezekiah and Adam. It's Moses and Elijah. It's always Moses and Elijah. Um, should we talk about the end, his final address? Yeah, I think the end is always important. Yeah. So, have you got it there? I do. I, I, don't, I, I've got I, know the, I know a lot of people are great at memorizing scripture. I am not. But I do notice that Josh, it starts with Joshua 1 being strong and courageous. It also ends in Joshua 23 being strong and courageous. Yeah, and then in the middle, verse 6 of the final address, be very strong mm-hmm. and continue obeying. But it's interesting, the strong and courageous is always connected to obedience. Yeah. And I think we think, you know... Because you can be strong and courageous for the wrong for the wrong things. Yeah, for for your own purposes. For your, it's like no, no. You will need strength and you will need courage to be obedient. I mean, some of you know, some of you guys, you know, dealing with your parents and your parents giving you an instruction. You're like, this seems too hard. I can't be good. I can't do the right thing. Like, you know, I, and the apostle Paul says this. Sometimes I find myself doing the wrong thing, and it's. It's just like this mm. God in me and then me in me, <laughs> yeah. you know, in conflict. And I think this thought that we need the strength of God and the courage of God, knowing that he is with us, gives us the strength and courage to be obedient to his word. Mm. And I think, like, it's crazy that God, like, that promised land was promised to Abraham. And they get it 500 years later. Like, that's, that's a long time. Yeah. Like, like God promising something in the Middle Ages, in the 1500s, and then it comes to fruition. We see it now. Yeah. Like, it's so, like, we, for me, I get so lost in where the world is at the moment and what's going on and what I see. But God has such a long term view. Yeah of the world and what's going on and yeah. his kingdom coming. It's just it's just crazy to think about that God kept his word. It just took 500 years. Yeah. It's just very, it just blows my mind um, there. Yeah, I mean, here in verse 14, I am now going the way of the whole earth. So, a.k.a. I'm about, I'm about to die. And you know with all your heart and all your soul that none of the good promises the Lord your God made to you has failed. Everything was fulfilled for you. Not one promise has failed since every good thing the Lord your God promised you has come about. So he will bring on so he will bring on you every bad thing until he has annihilated you from this good land the Lord your God has given you. If you break the covenant of the Lord your God which he commanded you and go and serve other gods and bow and worship to them, the Lord's anger will burn against you and you will quickly disappear from this good land he has given you. So he's giving a warning as he finishes out here. Mm. That God is faithful and he'll come through. But if you do the wrong thing, there's consequences. Mm. And, you know, that's how it is in real life. I mean, if I run a red light, there's consequences that, Mm. you know, I'm going to get fined. I could hurt someone. I could. There's a consequence to my actions. And God's saying to the people of Israel, you can't just rest on the fact that you were well behaved and did the right thing yesterday. Each day we make a conscious decision to be strong and courageous and to obey the word of the Lord. 100%. Happy to leave it there? Yeah. All right. Thanks very much. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. I'm excited to continue. Who we got Who we got next week? I'm just going to do a sneaky check. I want, I'm curious who we're talking about next week. We are talking about... Where are we? We are talking about Matthew. Interesting. New Testament. Oh, I'm excited for that one. Anyway, have a lovely week, guys. You'll hear from us soon. Yeah. Talk soon.